0: Christians are that way. You can get hit hard. Paul was stoned where they left him for dead. And the next day he got up again. What is it that empowers the Christian to get up again? It's the same power that got Jesus up out of the grave lives in us.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. Author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God.
0: The prophet Nahum said that God has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And that includes the storm you're in right now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Anchored Steadfast in the Storm. One of the things I've learned about God is that no matter how difficult our circumstances may be, He upholds us, strengthens us, and helps us right in the middle of the storm. One of the ways He does this is through His promises. We're going to see today what three key promises are that God has given us during the storms of life. I know this is going to bless you, so let's go right to part two of the message, God's Promise in Your Storm. Here is the teaching of Jesus in a nutshell. And he said, if I build my life on this, I will survive storms. You're looking at a storm survivor up here but not because of me, because I trust the red ink. I read the red. I read what Jesus said, and I built my life on it. But Jesus has given us many promises in the storm. Now, in the text that we just read from Isaiah, God is speaking first person directly through the prophet Isaiah to his own people who are languishing in Babylonian captivity because of their own mistakes he 's speaking right to them, God right through Isaiah, first person these people are in a storm of their own making they 've done it they've brought themselves to this place through their own disobedience they have literally lost everything they lost their city they lost their inheritance they lost their destiny they lost their families they lost their money they lost their crops they lost their goods they lost their honor. They lost it all. As the vast Babylonian army, like a stormy black cloud, descended upon them and carried them all off into captivity. They burned down their temple. They burned down all their homes. They lost everything. Yet I want you to notice something. Even though they failed, we see that in the verses leading up to verse 10, God has called them, not his failures, not his disappointments, not his rebel children, but he calls them his servants, his chosen, his descendants of Abraham, God's friend. He assures them that he has not cast them away even though they really seriously blew it. How many of you have ever really seriously blew it and you thank God that he loved you anyway? Come on. They blew it major, but God still loves them. And now in verse 10, he's coming to them while they're in captivity. They're not released yet. And he's encouraging them, beginning with fear not. I don't want you to be afraid, my people. Yes, you blew it. Yes, you did this to yourself. Yes, you're in captivity because of your own sin. But I don't want you to walk in a spirit of fear. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to live in torment in the foreign land. And he gives them the first reason for not being afraid. He said, let me tell you why you shouldn't be afraid. Because I am with you. You know, I can take a city if I know he's with me. I can walk over any Listen, I can climb any mountain. I can go through any valley. I can pass through any fire. I don't care if there's a thousand demons coming against me at once if I know he's with me. I can go through it. What about you? Because if God be for us, who can be against us? So he says, don't be afraid because I promise you my presence even though you're being chastened for what you did. I promise you my presence. And then he says, I don't want you to be dismayed either. Now, there is a difference between dismay and fear. Or he wouldn't tell them, don't be afraid and don't be dismayed either. There's a difference. Dismay has to do with whatever it is that has turned your focus away from God. That's dismay. Your upcoming bills, boy, they'll turn your focus away from God especially if you don't have enough money. The scary doctor's report, that'll turn your focus off of God. Your troubled marriage, you can get so caught up in your troubles at home. You lose sight of God. Your rebellious children can so break your heart that you get your focus off of God. That's when you become dismayed. He said, I don't want you to be afraid, and I don't want you to be dismayed. I don't want you to be distracted by earthly circumstances where your focus is taken off of me because he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is focused on him. Focus is everything. Focus is so important to victory or defeat. You will go through something in victory or go down in something in defeat based on your focus. So he says, don't focus on the circumstances. Don't be dismayed. Fear looks within. Dismay looks around. Faith looks up. And right there, everybody in this room is doing one of those three, probably a little bit of all three, depending on the time of day. But you get afraid by looking within. I can't do it. I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm collapsing. I'm failing. I'm, I feel weak. And then you look around. Look at these circumstances. It seems like they're all against me. You know, Jacob said, all these things are against me. And you look around and you get focused on the circumstances. But then if we can just stop and say, now, get your eyes off circumstances. Get your eyes off of yourself because neither of those two are going to save you. He's going to save you. So get your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. Amen. God is saying to them, I know you're in captivity in a foreign land, And I know that circumstances look bleak, but don't focus on the circumstances. Focus on me. Focus on me, for I am your God. Oh, I love the Lord. Can we just all turn our heads just up for a minute? With your eye of faith, just look at him and say, Lord, I'm focused on you. I'm focused on you. I focus my faith on you. Amen, amen. And I want to say to all of you here today... You have made a mistake, maybe a bad mistake. You're sitting in here and you're feeling like, Who am I to be in church? If everybody in here knew where I've been, what I've done, I'd be run out of church. No, you would not, because you know what? You're in a house full of people who sin and who fall and who make mistakes. And our perfection is not in our own actions, our perfection is what has been declared over us by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, we are sinless. All right? But I want to say to those of you that have made a bad mistake and you're sitting in church and you're feeling condemned and you're feeling really beat down and you're mad at yourself and you're mad at your circumstances, listen, God didn't forsake Israel. When they failed so badly, they lost everything He had given them. He forgave them. He stayed with them. And He walked them through their storm. And one day they were released and they went back to their homeland and they made it. His heart towards you is the same today. I want you to know that. He says to you what he says to them. You are my servant. You are my chosen. You are the apple of my eye and the darling of my heart. And I gave my life for you. And though you walk out on me, I will never walk out on you. I am with you in your storm. I'm going to walk you through your storm. I am greater in you than he that is in the world. You're going to make it to the other side. So... Pull your head up and look up because God's going to come through for you. He's going to help you. Now, next, God gives them three promises. I love these because every one of these words is different. Three promises for their soul. I love anchors for the soul. For me, Bible verses are anchors for my soul. He gives me an anchor. Now, I'm going to give you three anchors today. He says, first, I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. You, Can we say together, He will strengthen me? me. Let's say it like we really mean it, He will strengthen me. Because the last thing you feel in a storm is strong. He says, I'm going to strengthen you. Now, just one chapter before the one that we're reading out of, 41.10, in chapter 40. God says this to the weary and the storm-tossed and the weak. Here's what He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Our God never gets tired. He never says, I need to take a nap. He never says, boy, I feel weak today. No, our God is mighty. He is always strong. He never faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And now look what it says He does. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases. Say it with me. He increases. What does he do? He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. Young men will come into circumstances where they utterly fall and their strength fails them. But those, I want you to read this with me, but those who wait on the Lord, read it good and loud, shall renew their strength. I will strengthen you. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Now I'm going to tell you, I have never run and not finally gotten weary. This is talking about a supernatural endowment of power that is beyond flesh beyond mortal man, beyond anything you can do on your own. He's saying, I'm going to strengthen you in such a way that you run and you run and you run and you run and you run. And And when other people would drop out, you keep on going. And your strength is going to be renewed, renewed, renewed. Now, when he says, those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, there's the key. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So we need to understand what it means to wait on the Lord. If that's the person, if that's the one who's going to renew their strength and run and not faint, then what does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means this, to bind together by twisting. Now, if I had a kite string right here, if I had a kite string in one hand and a steel cable in the other, I can easily snap that kite string. Easy. I can snap it in my own strength. But if I wrap that kite string around that steel cable and then I try to break it I'll never do it because that kite string is now as strong as the steel cable because of what it's wrapped around. And that's exactly what this means here. It doesn't mean those that wait on the Lord like you're standing at a bus stop waiting for somebody to show up. No, this is a verb. This is somebody pressing in. And they are seeking Jesus and wrapping themselves around Jesus and putting him first and getting to know him and growing in him and saying, Lord Jesus, you're everything to me. I'm going to wrap my life around you. Suddenly, you can't take that person down because now they're as strong as he is. Well, that's good stuff. I'm going to get this CD. You need to hear that. Because how strong are you? You're only as strong as your last time with God. When was your last time with God? Well, I was with God last Sunday in church. That won't do. What about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? You need to get with God. Get with God. Seek the Lord. Get with Him in the morning. Because when you do and you read that Bible and you internalize and assimilate those promises, then you become as strong as the one you're seeking. Oh, yes, amen, amen, amen. The early service is quiet, but the wheels are turning. I tell myself, now I'm going to go real calm in the early service. So I've got some strength left in the second one. But every time I blow it, because I'm starting to get worked up a little bit, I want you to know this is real. This is real. This is real stuff. So in a storm, listen, don't seek God last when you've tried everything else, seek Him first. When the winds blow, the rains fall, and the floods hit, and out of nowhere comes a storm. Don't say, well, I'm going to my psychologist, and I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to go do that. No, no. Go to him first and wrap yourself around him. So everybody say, he's going to strengthen me. Second promise he gives us, anchor for the soul, is I will help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I don't mean to quote the Beatles, but let me. little help from my friends. They did a whole album called Help. Now, I sure don't lift the Beatles up because they were part of the reason I went off into drugs. But let me tell you, they had one thing right. We need help. We need help from our friends. People say to me, all that Christianity is a crutch for you. I say, yep, that's right. I lean on that crutch every day. What's yours? Are you snorting it? Are you sniffing it? Are you smoking it? Are you drinking it? What's your crutch? I admit to you I've got a crush. I lean on him, learning to lean, learning to lean, learning to lean on Jesus. I'm not ashamed of it. He's my strength. He's my fortress. He's my God. He's my alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is my provider. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. I'm not afraid to say it. amen i love the psalm that says god is our refuge and strength an abundantly available tested help in time of trouble but listen what he says we need not fear even if the world blows i'm reading the bible psalms 46 the living bible it's a paraphrase but it's good So we need not fear even if the world blows up and the mountains crumble in the sea. He's giving us the worst possible scenario, total destruction, total devastation. And he says, even in that, I will not fear because he's my helper. He's my help. He's going to help me. He's going to come through for me. When storms strike, he's there, a tried and proven help who is available in abundance In the New Testament, Hebrews 4.16 says, "'Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace.'" Why are we going to the throne of grace? Here's what we're after. "'That we may obtain mercy and find grace to what?' Help. Say it again. Help when in time of need He helps you.'" The word help here is so powerful. It means especially critical assistance that meets an urgent situation. I'm going to read that again. "'That we may find grace to help.'" That is, to bring especially critical assistance that meets an urgent situation, delivering very needed aid. Good stuff. In other words, God comes through with everything you need and then some. God will help you. He will never turn away. He will never ignore you in your hour of need. That throne of grace is sitting there waiting for you to come and say, probably the most anointed prayer you can pray is one word. Say it with me. Help! And God throws the lifesaver. He sends his angels. He'll move mountains and bring up valleys. He'll do whatever he's got to do to get to you with the help you need. You won't go down, but you will go through. I love what Paul said. He said, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed and broken because he's my helper. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do but we don't give up and quit because He's my helper. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us because He's my helper. We get knocked down, but we get up again. Oh, I like that one. That's my favorite one right there. We get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going because He's my helper. You remember that clown, Bozo the Clown? I had one when I was a little kid. What Bozo would do is you'd hit him with all your might and he'd bounce right back up and look at you. You know what Christians are? Now, I'm not calling you clowns. But I'm saying Christians are that way. You can get hit hard. You can get hit hard. Paul was stoned where they left him for dead. And the next day he got up again. What is it that empowers the Christian to get up again? It's the resurrection power, the same power that got Jesus up out of the grave lives in us lives in us. And when people will stand over you and give the count, 10, 9, 8, right about when they get to 2, the believer gets up again. Because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. So everybody say with me, He'll strengthen me. He'll help me. And here's a third anchor in my last word: He'll uphold you. He'll uphold you. That means I'm going to hold you up when you can't do it on your own. I can't think of a better example of upholding than the story of Derek Redmond. You may not know that name. Some of you do. Who's best remembered for his performance at the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona, Spain, where he tore his hamstring in the 400-meter semifinal. Now, let me tell you about Derek. He was rounding the track he was heavily favored to win. He was a, a sterling athlete. And he's making the round, and the crowd is cheering, and it looks like he's going to win. And suddenly he himself heard something snap, and his leg went into agony, and he collapsed on the track in front of all those people watching in person and millions watching by television. Derek Redmond collapsed He tried getting up again. He didn't realize that his hamstring had completely snapped. He's up again, but all he can do is limp. He said, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going. I think my leg's going to come back into use if I just kind of take a few more steps. But all he can do is limp. All he can do is limp. And the whole crowd now is no longer watching the finish line because everybody's focused on Derek Redmond, who is limping while everybody else passes him by. He's limping. And he's not giving up. He's not laying down. He's not saying, I quit. He's limping. And suddenly out of nowhere, a figure appears. It's his father. Came down out of the stands. Runs onto the track. The officials try pushing him back. He say, get away from me. I'm going to help my son. He runs up to his son, puts his arms around him, holds him up. And the two of them cross the finish line. That's uphold. That's uphold. That's uphold. It's so good. I want you to notice the father running up to him, and I want you to think when you see it, there is a perfect picture of my heavenly father and how he upholds me when I can't hold myself up. I don't know about you, but I'm so eternally grateful for the promises of God. And in particular, for the promises he gives us during the storms that might even wipe out somebody else. But his children are sustained, strengthened, and made even stronger than before through his mighty word. Now, don't touch that dial just yet. Our announcer has some important and exciting things to share with you. And be sure to join me again next time for another encouraging message from our life-changing series, Anchored steadfast in the storm until then I pray God richly blesses you
1: Isn't it great when things are a little easier like connecting to LifeTalk radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere anytime? then here's great news now pastor jeff life talk radio and turning point church are just a few clicks away with a new tpc family app with the new tpc family app on your mobile phone or tablet there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Lifetalk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Lifetalk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for LifeTalk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. God's promise in your storm
0: is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, Anchored. You can own a copy of this four CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Anchored, for only $20 plus shipping. By logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111
1: for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station.